My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. The length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them round your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favour and good success in the sight of God and men. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honour the Lord with your wealth and with the firstfruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves, as a father, the son in whom he delights. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom, and the one who gets understanding, for the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing your desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, in her left hand are riches and honour. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broken open, and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion and there will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbour, go and come again tomorrow, I will give it, when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbour, who dwells trustingly besides you. Do not contend with a man for no reason, when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence, and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Towards the scorners he is scornful, and to the humble he gives favour. The wise will inherit honour, but fools get disgrace. This is the word of our Lord. Hi everyone, my name is Mike and my main role at the church is to look after the kids ministry. So today I get to preach from Proverbs 3 to the grown-ups and so that's why I'm wearing a college shirt today. Have Proverbs 3 open in front of you as we begin today. Church at 9, do you want to live a successful life? <laughs> You've got to say yes. Try again. 
church at night. Do you want to live a successful life? Yes. Do you want to live a healthy, long and prosperous life? Yes. Hey, men, when other people look at you, do you want them to say, wow, what a man? Yes. yes. Women, when other people look at you, do you want them to look at you and say, wow, what a woman? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If you answered yes to any of those questions, boy, do we have a deal for you today. For three installments of zero dollars, Proverbs chapter three will reveal the secret to a long, healthy, and prosperous life. Do you want that? Yes. Mike, yeah, tell me more. I will. <laughs> but we're going to pray and ask for God's heavenly wisdom as we look at Proverbs three. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you've given us this book to teach us to be wise people. And so enable us to be wise because we want to live the best life that you have planned for us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, before I tell you the secret to a healthy and prosperous life, um, let me orient to you what we're doing. We've just started this book of Proverbs, and it's a book that's all about helping us live in God's world God's way. That's the simplest way of thinking about it, living in God's world, God's way. And uh, we've got a whole journey of great, very practical wisdom, and chapter three is here to help us live your best life now, okay? So, what is the secret to living the most prosperous, successful life? There's actually three secrets. Now, that sounds like a Halloween disguise for a three-point sermon, but it's not. It's three secrets. Secret number one, come with me, chapter three and verse one. My son, Solomon speaking, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for the length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Or come down to verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart And do not lean on your own understanding. Or very most clearly in verse 7, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, turn away from evil. First secret to a prosperous life, don't trust yourself, trust in God. Don't trust yourself, trust in God. Whereas the modern self says, have confidence in yourself. Get the best education you can. Invest well in your own life. Your feelings and thoughts matter the most. Proverbs says quite different. It's quite counterintuitive. Sort of like when you see a T-Rex, you've got to stay still. Don't run away. So the secret to a prosperous life is don't be wise in yourself. Trust in God. That's actually the pathway to the best life now. Now you think, Mike, I just paid you my first installment and you just told me trust in God. I could have worked that out. What does it mean? What does it look like to actually trust in the Lord and be not wise in my own understanding? Well, if you think about any relationship you're in, trust can be expressed in all sorts of different ways. So sometimes trust is expressed by not stepping in because you're confident that that person's going to do what they said they're going to do. Other times, trust is recommending someone else because they did a good job, and you're going to trust that they're going to do a good job for you as well. 
But in Proverbs chapter 3, I think there's one thing kind of overarching which Solomon is trying to encourage his son to remember. If you have a look there, it's in chapter 3 and verse 3. He says, Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. What does it look like to trust God? Well, all those things I said before are true, but here, I think one of the primary ways that Solomon is trying to get his son to trust God is to remember the name of God. So probably a practical book. It's going to teach us about wealth, about marriage, about relationships, friendships. But very early on, Solomon, I think he's saying here, um, as you do those things, you have to remember the name and the character of God. Now, do you guys remember back in Exodus 34 when Moses was trying to find out about God? And he said, what's your name? And what name did God give to Moses? Well, he said these words. He said, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands. So how do you trust God? What is the first secret to a prosperous life? It's actually not doing stuff yourself. It's actually pointing to the steadfast love and faithfulness of God, most clearly shown in the gospel of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the first secret to a prosperous life, the life that will be successful in the eyes of God. Now, let me just put that in a concrete situation. This is not everyone's situation, but we're a church, so we, occasionally we want to think about particular groups, and so we can pray for them if that's not you. Lately, I've been talking to parents with teenagers, and um, and... Parents love their children unconditionally, but it sounds like raising a teenager is a bit like ordering something off timu.com. You don't know what's gonna, what kind of child you're going to get on any different day. Um, sometimes there's like glimpses of this childlike affection when they were small, and that's really nice. And then the other day you ask them, like, how are you doing? And they're like, leave me alone. Why are you nagging me so much? And so there's this kind of... Um, stage of life with emotions and trying to figure out their identity. Um, And you're thinking as a parent, how do I prosper in this situation? How do I help my child be successful through this time? You know what Solomon's saying? He's saying prospering means, yes, you'll need to teach them how to use their money well. You'll need to teach them that if you want to be productive the next day, you can't stay up till 2 a.m., But more fundamentally, Solomon is saying, son, you need to remember the steadfast love and character of God. For he loves you. When my love will fail you, God's love will never fail you. And he's demonstrated to us that that's true by giving his son for our sin. His path is the best path for life and success. Not problem-free, So verse 11 and 12 says that there will be times of discipline which will not feel pleasant, but nonetheless, it's the best path to real success and prosperity. That's the first secret he shares with his son about gaining the successful life. 
Secret number two. If secret number one is don't trust in yourself, but trust in God. Secret number two has to do with wisdom. I just want, I'm going to read a couple of verses, and I want you to feel what it sounds like when Solomon talks about wisdom. So come with me to verse 13. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. Or verse 15, she, wisdom, is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Or verse 19, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth, by understanding he established the heavens. So clearly wisdom is one of the keys to a prosperous life but actually, it's not the secret. It's one of the keys, it's not the secret. The secret is not just be wise, but do you notice some of the language that Solomon uses in verse 13? What does he say? He says, blessed is the one who finds wisdom. And then if you go down to verse 21, he says, my son, do not lose sight of these, keep sound wisdom and discretion. So what I think he's saying, he's not just saying be wise, he's saying you've got to work pretty hard at finding wisdom, and once you find it, you've got to hold on to it. It's actually a lot of hard work. Now, as a Christian person, um, I have thought in the past, like, if I believe in the wisdom of the cross, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and I'm in a right relationship with God, then I'll just be wise in all areas of life. My experience tells me that's not true. And Proverbs tells me that's not how it works. Because Solomon says, actually, you need to find it. You've got to dig for it. You've got to seek it. You've got to search it. And then once you find it, you've got to work hard to keep it. You can't let it go. And wisdom, once you've found it and as you keep it, that will be one of the secrets to a prosperous life. Not a quick task. So, how do you find it? How do you seek it? How do you search it? And once you search for it, how do you hold on to it? Let me use a, um, maybe an example from our congregation. I'm not going to name anyone, but in our congregation, I see a few people who have been given a lot of wisdom to invest their money quite wisely. And so, they've generated investments and God has provided well for them. I see other people who have practiced in medicine and they've invested themselves wisely down that path and are quite skillful and wise in that field of life. But what I want to impress upon you from Proverbs chapter 3 is that wisdom is much broader than that. And the prosperous life is much bigger than just skill, and material wealth. Now, you'll see it most clearly there um, in verse 14. Speaking about wisdom, do you notice it says, for the gain from her, wisdom, is better than the gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. So when I say, do you want to live the most successful, prosperous life, I'm not just talking, do you want to use your money wisely? Because Proverbs says that wisdom, the gain from it, the really successful life, goes much further beyond material wealth. 
I'll give you an example. There's many examples in Proverbs, but this is a hilarious proverb. If you come over to chapter 27, this is just one example. Flick in your Bibles over to Proverbs chapter 27. And come down to chapter 27 and verse 14. It says, chapter 27, verse 14, whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, will be counted as a cursing. Okay? So what that proverb is saying is that a loud person who speaks to someone who doesn't like loud noises in the morning, that's like the worst thing in the world. And I think proverbs like this, what they're trying to teach us is that what wisdom does, it doesn't just help us invest money well, it actually speaks into all areas of life, including our interpersonal relationships, our emotional intelligence. That stuff is not secular psychology, that's the wisdom of God. And it says there that God's made us different people. Some of us are loud by nature. Some of us are quiet by nature. And if you get a loud person speaking to a quiet person, That can be a very frustrating experience, except if you search and you find the wisdom of God, you can start to work out how to relate to that person in a loving way. And so in the mornings, when you come across a person who is quiet, you don't shout at them, you actually recognize that they like quietness, and so you come and you might talk to them in a quiet way, and God's wisdom allows you to grow in those interpersonal types of relationships. I'm not sure why I thought of this. I also think I, this, this sort of emotional maturity, interpersonal relationships made me think as well about grown-ups hanging out with their elderly parents. And occasionally I'll see grown-ups spending time with their parents and it blows my mind because they actually enjoy spending time with their family. And that doesn't sound like, maybe that's not a surprise to you, but in those moments where I see grown-up children enjoying the company of their elderly parents, I think there's some wisdom there. They've gained wisdom to relate within their family in this wise way. They may or may not be wealthy, but God's given them the wisdom to relate well, well to each other. And they've searched for it. Not perfect, but they've found wisdom that God is offering here in Proverbs. So secret number two, you've got to find wisdom. You've got to hold up the word of God. It's not going to come automatically in every situation. You have to actually work quite hard at growing and learning and holding on to the wisdom of God. It's the most certain route to long-lasting gain, success, and prosperity. Secret number one. Don't be wise in yourself. Secret number two, find, search, hold on to wisdom. Third installment, secret number three, love your neighbor. In the last sort of set of verses, chapter three, verses 27 to 35, Solomon is sharing his final secret to the successful life. And that is promote a culture of life with other people. 
one of the things that God has designed in his people and in the world is that we are relational people. God's given us people to talk to, to relate to together. And, you know, I hear some people as they get older, they get a bit more grumpy and it's like, I don't need friends. But actually, like God's, that's not the way that God's designed the world. God's saying, actually, the secret here is to build a culture of life with your neighbours and those around you. In Australian culture, we prize ourselves, the individual, and at most, the kind of immediate blood family. But I think God goes a step further, and he says, actually, everyone outside of that sphere is your neighbour, and we have the responsibility, and what wisdom dictates is that we treat others in a particular way. So come have a listen to chapter 3 and verse 27. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Just want you to think about that verse again. Chapter, 20, chapter 3, verse 27. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. This is a fascinating verse. So part of the prosperous life is not withholding good from those who own good. That's a bizarre verse. I'll give you an example of what I think it's saying. I want you to think of a carton of milk. You paid your hard-earned $2.49 to buy a carton of milk. Now, legally and biblically, you own that milk. That's yours. So your neighbour can't just come into your house and start drinking your milk. Okay? Legally, that's your own milk. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27, though, is saying that you own things, but your neighbours own good. And what wisdom is saying is that your responsibility is to treat other people as though you owe them that good. Strange sort of thing, but in God's wisdom, what he's saying here is that your neighbour is the owner of good, you owe it to them. View your neighbour as being owed good by you. And what that will do is will foster life and prosperity prosperity and success in the relationships that you have. He he caveats by saying, um, if it's in your power to do so. So if you take the milk thing, if you don't have milk and you can't afford milk, the point is not that you go and try and somehow get milk to give to your neighbour, but to treat your neighbour with that mindset, I'm going to not withhold good for my neighbour. Now, most of the time in Australian culture, a good neighbour is someone who doesn't cause any harm to your neighbour. doesn't throw dog poo over the fence, that type of thing. If I'm not causing you harm, then I'm being a good neighbour. God's wisdom saying, it's not just don't cause them harm, but don't withhold good from your neighbour either. And here are some practical examples in the following verses. Verse 28, he says, Do not say to your neighbour, go and come again. Tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. I keep going back to the milk thing. If you've got milk, he's saying, don't delay. Don't delay. Actually, the good that you can do, which is in your capacity to do so, give it. 
Give it. Don't withhold it. That's right. <laughs> um, verse 29. Do not plan evil against your neighbour who dwells trustingly beside you. So another example of not withholding good. Don't plan evil against your neighbour. Re- real relationships based on trust. You need trust in order to prosper with those around you. You know, a lot of neighbours end up on a current affair because there's no shared goodness between the neighbours. So there's no trust. And so when something small triggers a conflict, then it's easy to assume the worst in your neighbour. If you've not got any relational goodwill, then I'll naturally assume the worst in you. So, you know, my mum is from the generation above me, but she... You know, she always used to do that thing which was like if someone moves into the neighbourhood, you bring a cake over and you welcome them into the neighbourhood. We don't really do that anymore. And I used to think, oh, I don't want to... You have to bake a whole cake just to welcome someone who might not even like cake. But um, in some sense, there was a goodness that she was not waiting for them to earn it, but she was sort of proactively going to build good, to offer good. So on a very practical level... Um, Solomon is saying his son, treat other people as deserving of good. Don't withhold it from them. Relationships matter because God has created a relational world. And in a society where, you know, I am king, God's best life for you and I, is, it's not about keeping things for ourselves. Solomon is saying, view other people as deserving of good. And Church at Nine, I want to say that if you can see the logic of giving good and viewing people as owed good by you, if if that makes sense to you using the example of a carton of milk, then surely the scriptures say um, you can see how the greatest good that we should not withhold from our neighbour is actually the eternal life-giving goodness of the gospel. If you can see how being a a giver of tangibly good things to your neighbour is going to build trust, then how much more, the scripture says, is that we should not withhold the goodness of the gospel to those around us. The ultimate good for our friends and our family. So church and I, do you want to live the most prosperous, successful life now? Remember, it's not just about money, not just about gaining things for yourself. We're honouring the Lord first and foremost. Proverbs 3 has revealed three secrets to us today. Trust in God's steadfast love and faithfulness. Honour him, not finding dependence on ourselves. Number two, work hard at looking for wisdom. Many of you work so hard in your professions Work harder to gain wisdom, and when you find it, don't let go of it. And thirdly, value your relationships, because as you build trust and goodness with your neighbour, that is the best kind of prosperous life that God has got planned for us. And as we journey through Proverbs, the path that God will lay out for his people, it's always the best path. It's marred by sin, and at times, it'll feel painful and confusing. But Proverbs is going to keep saying the best path, the best path to a successful life, is to live his way. 
is actually to follow not in your own path, but actually the path that he set out for us in his word. If you go off that path, then you're basically inviting yourself to go against the grain of God's wisdom. And you're inviting yourself for conflict and dissatisfaction. Go with the grain of God's wisdom, not against it. So friends, I hope you're going to take our deal this morning. Find wisdom, Proverbs chapter 3. Find wisdom for this life and find wisdom in the cross of Christ. Why don't we pray together? Um, our Father, we, we are just so small when it comes to the world that you've made. And for some of us, like myself, we know sometimes we think that we've become wise. And so, Father, would you help us to enlarge our vision of the prosperous life, that you have a life that is um, beyond what we already know. So help us to search, understand, and hold on to the wisdom on offer in the book of Proverbs. And Father, I particularly want to pray now as we think about wisdom, we pray that for those of us who have not yet to find the wisdom found in the cross of Christ, would you enable us to find that wisdom so we may be forgiven for our sin and find the wisest choice of eternal life through trusting in your Son, the Lord Jesus. And we ask this in his name. Amen.